hello. Welcome to episode 34 of the One Life Church podcast. Where we talk about things from One Life Church, but just ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah, and I am joined today by uh, our lead pastor and co-host, as always, Brett Nicholson. <laughs> you added lead pastor then. Yeah. I, I was yeah. I was going with the title of co-host of the co-host, podcast. Yeah. I kind of like that. One of them my office door. You know, that's, that's what you I should, do. You yeah. should, yeah. I, I can should. get you that's a shirt right. that just says, I co-host the Please podcast. Please do. I would love that. That's <laughs> great new thing. Um, And we are in a series called Common Chaos, um, focusing on relationships, addictions, and stress, and just the idea that um, the common chaos that comes with a lot of those things. And uh, this past two weeks, Brett has uh, taught on relationships, and we thought it'd be really great to be able to talk to some people today about that and some of the ways that specifically uh, One Life and um, Grace Marriage have kind of partnered together to to really work towards that um, and provide healthy relationships. And so we have uh, Brad Rhodes here with us today and Ryan Nunn. Always great to be here. Yeah. Honored to be here as well. Yeah. And Brad is a part of Christ's Marriage. Brad, tell us a little bit about yourself. We always like to start just kind of getting to know the people that are on the podcast and a little bit about Christ's Marriage. Wow. I'm an attorney by trade, practiced law for about 22 years, and um, in, a, in a unique journey, transitioned into full-time marriage ministry in 2015, completely mm-hmm. left the law practice in 2015 to help churches effectively do marriage ministry. Because I saw so many churches that had premarital counseling and crisis counseling, but no real effective structure to help most all of the marriages. We kind of realized if we protect marriages and put them on a growth curve, we have a great reduction in crisis. And mm-hmm. we want to love our people such that they never have to go through it. That's awesome. And so if someone comes up and just says, hey, I've heard of Grace Marriage. They've talked a little bit about One Life, but they're asking you, what would you say Grace Marriage is? Uh, what I would say is we equip the local church to do marriage ministry really well. That We really see that sustained growth rarely occurs without structure and accountability. So we provide a marriage coaching structure for the church that's for all couples. And the couples get involved in that structure and they get on a growth curve. So if they ask me what to do, I'd ask them where they're from. And if they're from Henderson, I'd say call One Life and get mm-hmm. involved in their marriage in their marriage ministry. If they're from a city that doesn't have grace marriage, I would say get a hold of your church leader, get a hold of us, because every Bible-believing church needs to be intentional with their marriage ministry, considering the state of marriage today. So how that works? So you're going along being a lawyer, and uh, you just observed that, I guess, in your own local church. And then did you go to your pastor one day and say, hey, I'm going to stop being a lawyer, and I'm just going to start doing this? I mean, Ooh. is that kind of how it worked? <laughs> no, I think if he'd have done that, he'd have said, nope. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. I'm I'm putting myself in his shoes. Like, okay. My wife and I worked with youth. We got in our story, God performed a miracle in our marriage and we just, we, we loved being married. So we'd worked with youth at our local body for about 10 years, teaching, mission trips, small groups. So when the youth got older, they started saying, Hey, instead of our pastor doing our marriage premarital, well, you do our premarital. And I said, why? And they said, we want what you guys have. So, oh, wow. so, okay. we, so we started doing premarital. And then they'd say, no, don't go to our pastor, go to Brad in Maryland. So we started <laughs> doing more premarital. And God, if for some reason, give us favor with marriages. And we started a marriage group. And just we did eight weeks. And we would just take 10 couples and then move to the next 10. And we had about a two-year waiting list. It was crazy to just be in the group. And we would just kind of share with them what the Lord had showed us. And my wife's got a counseling background. I had started taking some classes and doing a ton of reading. Then about 2011 or 12, I was ordained marriage pastor at our church. So ordained marriage pastor. Yes. Oh, okay. So they ordained right, me as right. one of our elder pastors at our church and my focus was marriage. And I but 
I told him that's not only my focus, but that's all I'm going to do. So I'm not going to do. Not, you're not going to bury me with all the other stuff. So you can do that. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're not, if you're not paid. Yeah, if you're, yeah, I was if you're, say, unpaid. If you're one life staff person, you but, didn't hear that. No, but, you, but you, when you're unpaid, you have more flexibility. That's so, very so, true. So then, I, um, in 2012, I'd been in marriage business coaching for about six years, and our model was every 90 days work on your business not right. in your business. So take a big picture look at your business once every 90 days. Ask what you want it to look like, what you enjoy, how you'd like it to grow. And over a five-year period, we grew from two lawyers to five, four staff to 10, more income, work week down to 35 hours a week. Oh. And then in 2012, I thought, wait a minute, why wouldn't that work in marriage? Mm -hmm. What if you took a husband and wife out of the fray, not to be dominated in their family, just to work on their family? And just ask yeah. big picture questions. How can we grow? What's going well? How can we seize on that? What are some issues we got to deal with? If we don't deal with, they could become problematic. Let's schedule fun things together. Let's pull out our calendars. So we started, we piloted marriage coaching in 2012. It worked. It grew in our local church from 12 couples to 54 couples in just a matter of a year. Then other local churches are like, we need to be intentional. Right. We need to be proactive and strategic. So other churches started coming to me and I had never planned on leaving the law. I liked it. But by 2015, it was such that my life couldn't handle both. And it was the hardest, sure. easiest thing I ever did. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then I, I mean, left. Yeah. And, and I can, you know, just affirm that there, that is a challenge within the local church. I mean, worked in the local church for 25 years, knowing that it is either premarital crisis. And, and, as, and you, you might have seminars, you might send people places, but that is a definite, definite challenge. So I'm glad someone was out there <laughs> that well, observed the problem and said, hey, I want to well, fix it. Well, I watched yeah. the way we did children and I watched the way we did youth and I watched the way we did marriage. And then I watched this teach about how important marriage is. Right. And I thought, well, look at the intentionality with our children and our youth. And look at the resources we put in children and youth. And we say the whole key to children and youth is the health of the family. Right. I'm like, well, maybe we ought to work on the family. Right. So, so it just made a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we do it then because you know, <laughs> if we didn't do it, I'd be feeling really, really bad right now. That's what I'd be, really, be trying to do. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I want you to do it. We'd be doing it. Y'all not only done it, but y'all done it very well. Okay. Well, that's good. And I know a lot of that is, is Ryan and Cynthia have really um, grabbed onto this and, and really led um, multiple people kind of through this. And I know uh, some other couples as well have been a part of getting that started at, at One Life. And um Ryan, just give, kind of give us a little bit of your background perspective on, um, I don't know, not just grace marriage, but just I know you and Cynthia definitely have a heart as well for healthy marriages. And um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, we, grace marriage has been actually has turned into a pretty integral part of our journey. Um, you know, the cool thing about the coaching structure is in the day, yeah, you come and, and you, you intentionally talk and it's, you know, it, it's super awkward at first, really, if you, you how often do you sit face to face and look your wife or husband in the eye and, and have conversations about how you feel. Not very many people do that. And so it kind of is awkward, but there's also a time in there that, um, that we get to plan out the next 90 days to where the next quarter between <clears throat> this one and, and the next time we meet, we have a plan, you know, like Cynthia and I came up with date Fridays. We're both off on Friday and our kids are in school for now. And so the last you know, since January, since the first weekend of January, every Friday we do a date day from, you know, we go to work out at 9 a.m. And then we do whatever we want to until 2.30 when we have to pick the kids up. Mm -hmm. And it's been life-giving. And a lot of that comes from, you know, just being intentional in grace marriage. But I think we, we recognized a long time ago, um, just from our past, 
um, that we knew we wanted to have a healthy marriage. And, but in the reality, we didn't really know how to put language around that. And I remember I came to Brett one time. I was like, you know, Cynthia and I, we really want to, we really want to do something in marriage, but we don't even know what that means. Like we just know, we feel like we have a pretty healthy marriage and, and we want to help other people have that, but we have not the first clue how to start. And he was like, well, I can connect you to community marriage builders. And so he connected me to Andy Grease and, and that was an organization that was around and we got our start there and we uh, started learning all these tools for our own marriage. And then we got the opportunity to lead workshops. Um, and so that's where we started hearing all these stories and it's remarkable how similar the stories are and not necessarily the problems, um, but the causes. This, this, it's like a, it's like a lack of intentionality that, that's permeated our culture. Mm. And it's a really, it's like, um, it, it's like, I guess, Brett, you said you were talking about this a little bit on Sunday. It's like, we just feel like because we fall in love at some point and somebody loves me and thinks everything I do is cute. I mean, like that's going to last for 50 years. Right. But we just, we just have this picture in our mind of how that, that, that works. And because it, it's something amazing and because it's me and I deserve it, then it should be, oh, it should be perfect forever. And so it's been a run. It's been fun, um, navigating, um, just, I know it's stressful and it can be stressful. Marriage is falling apart and, and all that stuff, but, but it's really been an amazing run for the last eight years for her and I to be doing this stuff. So. Yeah, well, well, Brad, and, and you both kind of addressed something I, I'd like to unpack a little bit. I love the fact that you talked about the business model thing, like stopping every 90 days and think about to, to be profitable, to be moving forward. Uh, every business, if they're worth their salt, is going to do like what you said. But I love the idea of transferring that over into our married life or any number of places in our lives. And that was kind of the point that we were talking about yesterday. The thing that I kept uncovering through research is that it's it's about intentionality. Love is a proactive pursuit. It is not a passive experience. And that was just kind of the whole push. So let me ask you guys this, both of you. Um, th through the Grace Marriage Experience, what are the, the best practices that you've that you uncover, that you put inside the program, or that you've seen, and, and that you coach people in, just as a regular rhythm to life. If I'm going to be proactive about my marriage, what are the the bottom line things that I ought to be doing? Well, our model is grace plus intentionality equal transformation. So first, Romans six says, "Sin will have no dominion, master, or control over you, because you're under grace, not law." Mm -hmm. So we let people know that you know, to love others as Christ loved you is to love them despite their shortcomings. Even pagans are good to those who are good to them. So we treat them, teach them that if your wife's having a, a bad day and she's rough on you, you move toward, not away. Right. And then you extend grace and move toward and put the ministry of reconciliation on display. P, the man that falls has no one to help him up. It means when somebody's not nice, it's typically it's the manifestation of inner struggle. So first right. is building it on grace and two, intentionality, that you keep a watch on something like you were just talking about. It's almost like a quarterly marriage assessment. I mean, mine three weeks ago, I saw something really clear that I didn't see. And to, to some degree, the obvious is just made obvious. Interesting. So you actually literally have a thing where you go through every 90 days and it's like a, an assessment. You do it on a piece of paper or something? No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the marriage coaching day. Yeah. So every 90 days, we come together with our marriage coaching group. And Marilyn and I have a forum to just connect, assess what's going well, assess what's not going well, plan our quarter, and just get on the same page. And every quarter I learn something that I've become complacent in that I need to address. To so that happens in the context of grace marriage in the groups. Okay, because yes. I have the benefit and liability of not having gone through grace marriage because my marriage is awesome. I don't know. But that's, <laughs> that's the excuse I'll use. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, an example of that would be like this lab. We met 
this last Saturday, not this well, the one before, but so we met on the, the week ago Saturday, and the very one of the very first things that we did was there, there's a time to where um, we read scripture as a group, and then we kind of let it let it rest, kind of we process it and meditate on it for a few minutes, and then we write some stuff down, and then we share, and then the very next thing that we did was we we talked about the last quarter. What are some things that you're grateful for? What are the great things that have happened? What are the not just in your marriage, but in your life. I mean, marriage is a great, um, it's a great study for any relationship because you're forced to, to be with somebody all the time, no matter what. I mean, you're just there. Even if things aren't good, they're there. So you're forced to figure that out. And so we talk about all the great things that have happened. We talk about some of the challenging things that have happened over the last quarter, right? And so we get through those things. And then later on, there's a, there, there's a it's called the Intimacy Igniter, to where it's just a 15 minute span where each of us just, what are the, there's a, some trigger questions if you need them, discussion questions. But if not, you know, what are the things that are standing out in your mind? What's going on? Example, the very first question was, what is the thing that's running through your mind the most for us this last quarter, uh, this last Saturday? And for me, it was, <clears throat> for me, it was, um, there was a lot of, I mean, my kids are, you know, they're approaching teenage years. And so one of the things that was was there was just there's there's fears associated with that for me and uh, you know good better ugly that was one thing another thing was you know uh, furthering some education stuff that you and I have talked about Brett before mm-hmm. um, and so I was able to really share those things with her and it's not that I I was hiding them from her but I just hadn't talked about it and she had some super great encouragement and motivation there um, that was really helpful and that was super rudimentary like it was. It wasn't like she did anything profound other than look me in the face and say, you know, you're going to be great. Or this is going to be awesome. But is, is this done in the, this is in the context mm-hmm. of the group, though? Yep. I mean, you're, you're going through your questions. That's a great question, by the way. What's what's running through? I'm going to ask Sarah that here pretty soon. Like, what's running <laughs> through your mind the most? We yeah. just got to put her on the spot. But you're in a group setting. So and that happens. You ever observed any really awkward moments? Well, you, you spread out. So when you're doing your individual discussion, you can't hear. Oh, okay. You, you can't, can't hear. Ron, okay. I, Ron I, I, can't I hear thought your everybody so, was so kind of when, watching. When, when you do your individual discussion, you kind of fan out a yeah. little bit so you, oh, okay. so you have privacy. And, and to, gotcha. Ron's, oh. to Ron's point, life's dominant. <laughs> so it's not like Meryl and I ever have a moment to say, let's just stop. And let's just talk how we're doing. <laughs> right. I mean, because there's always something. The urgent always yeah. presses out the important. So this is really the only time when we come together and our quarterly coaching where we really get to debrief from an aerial big picture view and really see how we're doing and see our perceptions yeah. of how our relationship's doing and get really clear direction from each other about what we can do to both protect it and grow it. Excellent. So the, in that sense, a, a best practice boiled down would be, I guess, setting a time where you literally do that. That sounds like some of this sounds very commonsensical, but it's 99 percent of the people don't do it. Well, so here's the thing is that Grace Marriage has done an amazing job at pre-thinking these things through for us. So like at the back of the book, there's these little tear out cards that are perforated. And speaking of learning from other churches and people and ideas from Grace Marriage um, attendees, um, there's these little, they're called like huddle, weekly huddles, right? That's what they're called huddles, right? I know the they're, name changed once. They're, they're called something. It's called something. Something called huddle. And so, <laughs> well, if you it, don't know, then we're okay. But it's a precast, it's a, it's a pre kind of structured time that you can go through and, and it gives you answers or questions that you can kind of answer and talk through that are fed by this grace marriage uh, coaching that you had been to a couple weeks ago. So every week at a designated time, whether it's Sunday evenings or, you know, Tuesday mornings, whatever it may be for you as a couple. 
and you can you can go through that weekly huddle to answer some key questions. And I think the boil down point is that uh, is, is to talk like right. about more than the urgent things that don't really matter. And I say that because like my boys are in, in golf lessons and and as important as golf lessons are, it's much more important that Cynthia understands my heart and what's going through my mind the most right now than it is for my boys to be at golf lessons on Saturday at 10. Right. Just much more important. And if that's going to go on a back burner or be canceled, which, you know, has happened, then that's just what's going to happen. And um, so I think it's just to have meaningful conversation um, outside of all the things that are weighing you down. Yeah, if you were to sum it up, one word's prioritization. You know, right now marriage gets the leftovers and there are no leftovers. I mean, less than 40% of married couples go on a date at least once a month. The average professional couple talks face-to-face 35 minutes per week. And you wonder why we lose half of them. The other half don't look all that appealing. And we have a 900% increase in cohabitation. (laughs) I mean, it all makes sense. And one of my board members said that couples will never be more intentional with their marriages than churches are with their marriage ministries. And and I'm really excited because I'm really excited (laughs) that churches have started to roll up their sleeves and say, let's let's do marriage well. Let's do marriage well as a team, as a staff, as a leader, and as a church. Let's be, if you're stagnant here and you're not enjoying one another, we want you to stand out here. We don't want you to stand out if you have a good marriage and be a cute anomaly. We want that to be the norm. Yeah. And what I love about it is, is you're not just telling people to do that, though. Mm-hmm. You're actually giving them mechanisms by which they can do that. And I think that's the critical And as a coach, piece. as coaches, Cynthia and I, we get to do it as well. Now, we always keep ourselves open if somebody does run into a speed bump um, so that we can come help if we need to. But we've never had to do that. Yeah. Um, we get to do it ourselves. And so that's really cool. Well, and ever like to give, you make a great point because everybody's context so different. I mean, I really, unless we spend a ton of time together, I can't really effectively speak mm-hmm. into what you ought to do or ought not to do, not do. Right. But when you and your wife really debrief and talk, I mean, you can come to some pretty clear conclusions pretty quickly. We had a guy, the guy that does some work for us, he said he got a text from a friend saying, my whole world's rocked. And the guy goes, what are you talking about? And he just texted back, Grace Marriage. He just oh, one, excellent. But yeah. one quarter, he just saw how out of balance he was professionally, family-wise. It just, but right. he never stopped to really assess. Never stopped to assess it and listen. And and I and I'm assuming too. When I whenever I've done marriage counseling before, uh, the the upside, the re- reason I recommend it for people is because there's a third party there to make sure you're paying, playing fair. Uh, which it sounds funny to say that, but people would tend to be a little bit more polite to each other when there's someone else in the room. <laughs> That's not always been true, uh, by the way. You know, I can remember one couple in particular. They didn't, it's like I wasn't there at all. But uh, <laughs> they, those they, just, they just kind of forgot that altogether. But I'm assuming that the group context, the the benefit of that is you're kind of, you're going to be more, pro- you're naturally going to be more civil towards one another and helpful. And, and if you know it's heated. why you're there. Like yeah. one quarter we right. came in and Marilyn was, had a lot to share. She's like, Brad, you're traveling too much. And I mean, she was like, couldn't wait for our coaching to like, tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me, we got five kids. Yeah, and right. I know you love what you do, but you got to stay here more. Right. And, but I knew that's why I was there. So I was like, why, why do you feel that? And then she explained it and we put up boundaries. We talked through it and we wrestled with it and we got through it. If I had to come home at 1030 at night from an out of town trip, she's frazzled with the kids. I'm frazzled from work. I've got to get up the next morning. And then she comes at me. Um, it wouldn't have gone as well. It needed to be worked through. It needed to be addressed. I was out of balance. Right. But in that context, because I knew that's why I'm there in the first place, I didn't take offense. I just kind of went, 
give it to me. Yeah. So yeah. So context is everything, and I, I like that. And you say once a quarter is that mm-hmm. that would run? So yeah. because we 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 say that about evaluations here. If you know they're coming, people tend to be less emotional about them. You mm-hmm. know, it's just when you sit around the table and you just we're going to evaluate. You don't take offense or you don't do any of that. So that's that's another best practice. It's yeah. <clears throat> and relationships have helped ours as well. We do between our quarters. We'll do group date night. So we'll have our entire Grace Marriage group. Like we met at our house uh, between last quarters, and we did a newlywed game. So where we just kind of had a competition. Cynthia and I got smoked, by the way. Got smoked? All smoked. Isn't that all based on what you Um, know about each other? Yes. Okay. That's exactly why I'm so surprised (laughs) we got smoked. The marriage coaches are Yeah, but we did. We got beat. But we've done that. And what what I've learned is that that's opened up um, avenues for our couples to interact outside of just through Cynthia and I. And that's been super helpful um, because we get to know each other and there's stories there and there's journeys there and there's sharing there. All that stuff's really, really good. Yeah, it's the Ephesians 4, equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body. So in our body, we have 12 marriage coaching groups, about 120, cup, 120 couples in marriage coaching. They're all, they're all lay-led. I mean, I know we, I love when staff leads because staff's usually very gifted, but I mean, we have a ton of things happening and it's not draining our staff time. And because it's participant paid, it's not draining church resources either. And, and that's always a plus. That's good. <laughs> Very nicely done. And I, I know that um, if you're interested in Grace Marriage and that you guys have, um, you've mentioned that you can uh, you can actually jump in and get some information and get involved right now. Because um, a lot of times we talk about at One Life, the beginning of the year, there's, there's a lot of these things start, but people can jump, jump in now. Yeah, anytime. If you want to work on your marriage, every quarter's materials is, are new and they all stand on their own. So if you wanted to jump in One Life's marriage coaching next quarter, you could you could call Ryan or Brett and just get involved immediately. You get plugged right into a group. If you're in a, ch- a different church and you want your church to have it, we have rolling we have rolling launches for churches now, so churches can launch any time during the year as well. So we'd be honored to help your church have a great ministry as well. And you better reach out to me. Oh, oh, yeah, bad. exactly. Because better, better I'll just say, call Ryan. Because my team will be the one to put that in. So. Actually, let me just say, go to onelifechurch.org slash events. <laughs> and uh, Grace Marriage is on there. It's been on there all year. And I know Kristen, um, kind of, she gets a lot of that mm-hmm. information, Kristen Hudson. She's been uh, amazing at, at basically kind of organizing a lot of, the, of that stuff. So definitely want to give a shout out to her because I know she's the one I usually connect with when I have questions about what's going on. So you have a great team of people that are leading that. So Can't And wait. I know also we actually just told a story um, in uh, in, the, in our auditorium and during our message with um, uh, Molly, Molly and Anthony, Anthony Melvin. Melvin. Sorry. <laughs> Molly and Anthony. And uh, in their video, they actually said, you know, they mentioned Grace Marriage. They said Grace Marriage um, allowed us to get date night back. And so, I mean, not just, not just, um, um, yeah, it's, it's more like there are people that are actually going through this and people that are having impact from it. And um, we actually got to share their story. And we didn't even know they were going to say that. That's just something that's impacted them so much that they just said it yeah. in conversation. And so um, it's definitely been fun. And, and, you know, as me as someone, as I'm sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm single. Like some of these things, a lot of times people think they don't relate to you. But, man, a lot of my friendships, relationships are people who are married. Why wouldn't I want them to have healthy relationships? And so 100 um, percent, I'm all about being able to support that as well. So even from my perspective. And to that point, yeah. I was going to be there for you, uh, yeah, Sarah, because, uh, <laughs> okay, as you guys, because as we're talking about common chaos, it's relationships in general. It's not only marriage. Right. It's a relationship from parent to child, friendships, coworkers. 
What have you guys, as in the course of doing these things, what have you learned about relationships that are transferable to someone who's single, someone who's, you know, someone just trying to get along with coworkers? What have you learned about relationships as a general rule, just watching all this happen? Just the amazing power of the grace of God. I mean, I had a guy from pastor for a big church down near Nashville. He said, I'm not frustrated with my congregation anymore because God showed me I love them despite their sin. I don't hold their sin against them. He said, so being frustrated about complacency and laziness and not doing what he says. And he said, I've just lived in frustration. Now I live in love. <laughs> he said, now I live in love because I realize I'm to love them despite their sin like the Lord Jesus Christ loves me despite mine. Right. So I think the power of God's grace in both single relationships and other relationships, and we're not talking tolerating, tolerating abuse, not talking tolerating infidelity, but just in the day-to-day responding to struggle with grace and pursuit because, right. I mean, that's, that's the primary thing I've learned is just the overwhelming power of the grace of God and how all our hope is in that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for me it's the most impactful relationships of my life um, are the ones to where, you know, I feel like I have value to those people. And you don't, you don't have to be married to somebody to add value to their life, right? And so as you're, you're showing somebody grace, whether they agree with you, don't agree with you, you know, and the people that you know the most can sometimes be the hardest to love. And so kind of adding, being a person that adds value to the people in your life that are the closest, regardless if you're married, brothers, sisters, it doesn't matter, best friends, um, the relational communication component has to be there. Like if Sarah and I are going to be good friends, then we've got to have the ability to have an open, honest conversation about where I'm at and how mm-hmm. I'm feeling. Um, whether it's about our friendship or not. Um, and so I think there's a there's a thing about being married that, that just triggers necessary vulnerability. Like you don't have an option. You're going to be vulnerable because they're going to see every part of you no matter what. So that's the thing about marriage. It's such a great case study for any phase of life is that you have to learn um, what it takes to be comfortable not only with who you are, but being comfortable with who somebody else is. So that would be the long version. And Ryan and I have that. We yell at each other all the time. <laughs> all the time. We don't yell at each other. Fight like cats yeah. and dogs. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Um, I, I was thinking about this, you know, just friendships in general as someone, um, people, um, you know, people who are married show up in my life a lot. Um, and I was thinking just this weekend on Saturday, I was not doing anything. Like I was just really having a day where I was like, I don't want to get out of the house. And Brad Vogels just showed up at my house and took me to dinner and like with their whole family. And there's something about in a relationship, people showing up in your life, spending time with you and saying, hey, we want you to be a part of what we're doing too. And it's definitely, you're seeing that. Um, I think, you know, as you were talking about that yesterday, the people that are happiest are the ones that have really solid relationships. You know, it brings joy. Um, and I'm seeing that in my own life with friendships. So Yeah, and that's uh, that's something that's coming out more and more and more. It's just it's considered kind of axiomatic within the scientific community and social uh, social sciences and everything else that literal physical health is directly connected to the health of your relationships. And if you've ever been through unhealthy relationships, you can understand that <laughs> yeah. because it's physically very taxing. You yeah. can, I mean, you can feel it in your body. And, uh, but that's just, and that's why I, I think it's very interesting that this culture is, we're all about physical fitness, which is a good thing. Uh, but, uh, you can, you can shoot yourself in the foot by being more concentrated on that and not do the same level of intentionality in your, in your relationships. Um, you'll, you'll suffer you'll, health setbacks if you don't, um, get intentional, sorry, intentional about your relationships. So. Yeah. And it's great. Your point's amazing because like I'm in a collective right now of different like experts in different ministry fields. And one of them in Christian mentoring said, you know, marriage is my primary focus. He said, because if, if I don't have healthy people, I can't do healthy ministry. 
Right. He said, so who am I going to get to mentor if we don't have healthy, healthy relational people to come help folks mm-hmm. in need? So, so it's um, yeah, everything, yeah, everything, everything breaks down in a relationship. Awesome. And so, again, you can go to gracemarriage.com, find out more information specifically about Grace Marriage, or go to the event section of the One Life app if you're interested in joining what we're doing here at One Life. Um, and, and someone uh, will get you contacted with you. There's a form you can fill out. But, Brad, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really fun just hanging out and, and learn a little bit about you and learn a little more about Grace Marriage. And give a quick shout-out to One Life. Yeah. Ryan reached out to us and said, we want to do something for marriages. Let me hear it. And I told him, he goes, yes. Well, there you go. It was that simple. Huh? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was that simple. Yeah, and yeah, and then know. I will tell you that Grace Marriage is a better ministry because of one life. Mm. I mean, Brent Ryan and your, your, your church that, yeah. has given us great feedback. And y'all, y'all's input has been part of some of the big picture changes we've made. That's not only helped one life, but it's helped all 75 churches in our network. So we're That's really great. blessed to be working with your church. Awesome. And it is, I know you mentioned Henderson at Evansville as well. I know you guys have people, couples from Evansville that uh, are a part as well. So it's, it's yeah, all of One Life Church. So, um, Brett, as we go into next week, Come Chaos, it's Mother's Day weekend. It is Mother's Day weekend, yeah. which put an added pressure where there's a, did. yeah, it, it's, it, it, we were originally scheduled to talk about addictions, just right. the way it all flowed out. I adjusted that in light of Mother's Day, uh, thinking of mothers like, welcome to Mother's Day service. Let's talk about addictions. Let's get it right <laughs> on there. Pornography, addictions, things like that. It seemed a little inappropriate. So what we're going to do is we're going to build a bridge from um, talking about relationships again, but there is a very definite link between recovering from addictions and having healthy relationships. We're going to talk about the skills that it takes to have healthy relationships and then build a bridge to talking about addictions. And we'll start the addiction talk this week. And then the following week, we'll, uh, we'll make that all about the, the topic of addictions. Cool. So that's how it's supposed to go. Anyway. That's how it's supposed to in go. The rough draft in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it comes out. Yeah, that's From right. There. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Some 60, refinement. 65-minute rough draft inside Oh, yeah, head. yeah, that's right. It's probably three hours right now. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's, that's the whole journey of a message. It starts with three hours and goes to 30 minutes. Awesome. And, again, you know, we, we did put um, a resource page up on our website. It's under um, just under resources on onelifechurch.org. Um, just about some of the things we've been talking about, just a few of the resources that um, if you're looking for help in some of these things we're talking about, we don't have, you know, everything up there, but we're trying to find as many as we can. If you have any, just go ahead and email the podcast, podcast at onelifechurch.org, and we would love to add that um, to the list as well because we just want to provide as many resources from all around our community um, for people to just find help So as they're searching and seeking answers through these things. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and subscribe. That way you'll get an alert anytime there's a new episode. If there was something that you heard that you really want other people to know, share it out on social media. You can use the hashtag OLPodcast. To ask us a question here at the podcast, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and I produced this episode. Our music is produced by Micah Robertson and Ben Brock.